Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Tons going on. Bottom of the hour is going to be Angela Morabito. She is the former press secretary for the United States uh, Department of Education. I actually start the conversation, because I don't, I, don't, I don't care, because I started the conversation out by saying, there probably shouldn't be a Department of Education. Oh, <laughs> okay. You think she agreed with me or disagreed with me? I'm going to say disagree since she worked okay, we'll see. for that. She okay. used to be there. She used to be I in that know. department, so we'll see. Okay. Now, during the interview, fair warning, if you're driving around in the car, let, hear me clearly, there are lots of sirens for some reason where she is. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Mm. Are, at one point, I said, are you safe? Because I mean, cause I'm going. Something I mean, it's like a fire truck was like at her house. I don't know what the hell was going on, yeah, wow. but um, I'm warning you now, and I'll warn you again before we do the interview at the bottom because uh, people driving around, it's always disconcerting to hear fire engines and sirens and stuff. I don't want people to freak out. You're going to hear some of that during the interview. I didn't want to stop it and start and stop it and start it. We're right in the middle of talking about stuff, but uh, but I thought they would stay in the distance, like. You hear just, it but no, it's like it's like there's a fire truck in her in her living room. Ooh, I don't know what's going the on. Timing of the, okay, right. right. It was not it was not good timing. They're like, oh, is she talking to Pags? Let's make noise here. Mm. Um, if you want to hear more about the significance of the passage of time, mm. don't we all? I mean, during the break, I posted it on the talk. I posted it on Instagram. Posted it on uh, Getter. On Truth, okay. Now, on the talk, it is at Joe Pags. On Getter, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's at Joe Talk Show. At Joe Talk Show. Okay? You can go check it out. I do. I let the entire thing play, and I give a little commentary around it. A little in, a little out, a little something, something there. I just, I just feel as though I was on a, a psychedelic trip for a second. Because so. Because waiting for her to wrap it up by saying, and the reason I said this is blah, blah, do. But she doesn't go there. Yeah. So there was no more to that sound bite. No. I mean, I'm sure there's, she's doing a speech or something. But it's not. Let me ask you this. What could she say to make you go, ah, I get it now? Uh, well, I, uh, I don't know. We've listened to it several times and I still don't get it. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but you know, there you go. the passage of time. I mean. The significance. Yes. Of the passage of Do time. Do we need, really need more out. than that? Maybe not. I don't know. I think it was right to the point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was life-changing for me, life-changing. Wow, that's big. That's yeah, a big statement. it is. Well, you know why? It's okay. significant. Mm-hmm. It's Just about it out the there. passage of time. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly right. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about education in a second here. Then, of course, we'll have uh, Angel at the bottom to talk about education as well. But not before we remind you that it's Monday. That is Carrie Lockie. Carrie, how you doing, Carrie? You good? Drop the voice. All right. I, I had a Rickroll AJ today because of you. Because he said happy birthday. Right. You should not, not be allowed. Rickrolling people for that. Nope, That's not allowed. Rude. That's a little rude. Not allowed. <laughs> That's Polo getting it done. Sam making it happen. Junior Walker and his All-Stars, 1965. Glad to have him, as always. I did post my um, my parody from the other day. They are slow walking this sucker, man. They are slow walking it. What are you going to do? So it's on. that's on Rumble. You can watch it in its entirety. But again, I put it on the talk, too. Guy, guy sends me an email. And uh, linked it to a Lara Logan site. Lara Logan rocks. I think she's a great reporter. Uh, she follows me everywhere, and I follow her as well, but I can't seem to, to, to shake her into, into hearing me say, come on the show. She's been doing some other media recently, so I'm going to try to get her on. She used to be on 60 Minutes. And you'll remember, she was sexually assaulted while doing a story. Um, where, where was that? It was at Afghanistan? Egypt? No. I thought it, it was, was Egypt. Egypt. You're right. It was Egypt. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Um, and, uh, and she was very honest about it, put it right out there, and she's been an advocate for the truth. Ever since. And she will call you out, man. If you're full of it, she will call you out. I like her. Yeah. yeah I yep. like her a lot. So we're trying to get her on, and hopefully we'll have her on soon. Some guy sends me an email. He says, here's your here's your show prep. And it's a link to, to Laura Logan's <laughs> oh, site. That's, I don't, that's great. Probably about Zelensky or something. Mm. And I'm like, really, dude? Is that really? So I, I, I think I wrote him back, and I said, really? Or something like that. And, and um, it's just dumb. Stop. Stop. No, if I have Laura on, I'll have her say anything she wants about Zelensky or what's happening in Ukraine. Absolutely. And I will listen. I will have questions. We'll have a good back and forth. But stop. Stop. Here's the rest of your show prep. These people know the, the term show prep from Rush. God God rest his soul. He said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm every other show's show prep. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the guy was great. Everything he did was great on, on the radio. Just really, really very smart talk show host. We all learn great amounts from him. But you, hey, Doofus, who wrote me, you only know that term from Rush. Not like you came up with it. Here's your show prep. Being prep your face. Being helpful. <laughs> what, oh, you think it'd be helpful? Here's your show prep? Really? No, no, no. Not really. Probably not. Now, you know, and you've known me a long time now, that I live through the mindset of meritocracy. Mm. I think that if you work for it, if you excel at it, you should get it. Yeah. I think that um, you know you set a goal, whether it be you know a pizza manager, a truck driver, a, a garbage man, a talk show host, a news anchor, whatever it happens to be. I think you set your goal, you go for it, and if you do the proper things, then you should move up through meritocracy. Now, I have faced directly in this business um, opportunities that have happened that I did not move up when I worked for it. So then I worked even harder, and uh, and then I, I worked even louder. And I worked even more, 
and eventually, you know, got into the, the top tier of talk shows, but it was a long time coming. And it was really, and then I've seen other people who've done basically nothing. Hey, hey, here's a show. You know, so, I mean, it's not always fair. Life isn't always fair. I get that. But generally speaking, I think most Americans believe in meritocracy. You know, it's just like these poor women in the, in the swimming pool who have worked for it since they were four years old, and suddenly somebody just, it's completely unfair, suddenly just gets the position. But that's so lopsided unfair that it's, it's not okay. And something should be done about a case like that. But in school, you, you strive to get an A. And I think that we should teach kids, get an A. Do your level best. Learn. Get your homework in in time. Extra credit, go and get it. Have the best scores you possibly can. I remember when I was in school, long time ago, mm. I remember that if you got a really good grade, you got a star, a gold star on your paper, and it got put up for all the, all the class to see. Now, why is that? Because then you incentivize the kids who didn't get the gold star to work harder to get one. But instead of doing it that way and moving it up in that sort of realm, in that ideology, we're going backward. We're literally saying, if you worked as hard as you could, we're not going to reward you because it'll make others feel bad. Carrie, what do you have? From the Daily Mail, a Colorado school district has infuriated parents after announcing plans to axe valedictorian prizes in what they've branded the latest equity-obsessed focus on mediocrity over excellence. The practices of class rank and valedictorian status are outdated and inconsistent with what we know and believe of our students. Cherry Creek School District staffers said in a statement to families last Monday declaring the change. We believe all students can learn at high levels and learning is not a competition. The letter first reported by KDVR asserted. According to that letter, instead of the highest ranking student delivering a farewell address at graduation, a stalwart tradition at U.S. and Western schools and universities, schools will acknowledge academic achievements through various other ways. Some of the concepts the district said would be replacing the practice include an honor roll, cords given at graduation that mark academic achievement, and separate award ceremonies for department and school-related student prowess. Taking this away is not going to fix the problem. One district parent, Kristen Stone, told Denver Station KDVR of the change. It is not going to fix the stress we are seeing for other students. Plus, it's taking away from those who want to work towards it. The guidance put into effect immediately by the Western Arapahoe County District less than an hour west from Denver will do away with the concept of class rankings at all public high schools in the region, officials said, in an effort to not exclude any students. The letter contends the district consulted a swath of schools, colleges, and universities in Colorado before ultimately deciding to nix the distinctions effective immediately. Dude. Mm, I would not be happy with that. <sighs> yep. It is a competition because you want to get an A and not a B. You want to get a B, not a C. You want to get a C, not a D. You want to get a D, not an F. There's always, there's a level of hierarchy of how we grade the knowledge or the education or the learning of our students. Now, I know that there are some out there who actually want to get rid of that, just say pass or fail. And that's crap. I'm tired of watering it down. Because when you get out there, if you're going to be an accountant, you're going to want to do as many accounts as you can to make as much money as you can. It is a competition. Now, can there be accountants that make less than you? Yes. Can there be accountants that make less than you or are still successful? Yes. Obviously, listen, there are a bunch of successful talk show hosts beneath me on the rankings. And there are many who are successful above me in the rankings. And I keep on moving up and I keep on trying my hardest. It's not me against them. It's, it's me against the best I can be. 
And that's the way students should look at it. I want to be the best I can possibly be. And if you are, you've got a chance to speak at graduation because you're the top of your class. Or you could be ranked number 10 out of 1,500, and that's something to be proud of. You could set a goal, you know, where, okay, there are 1,500 students. I'd like to be in the top 200. Okay, that's a good goal. Go for it. Why can't we set goals? I can only really use a sports metaphor, and I'll use baseball. And I don't know who the big home run hitters are today. I haven't watched baseball three or four years. But the big home run hitter, you know, let's say he gets 50 home runs this year. He's going to be rewarded with the home run hitting championship of that year. Or he's going to be, you know, going to be called the slugger of the year or the offensive player of the year or, or whatever. Does his 50 negate the 35, which is great that somebody else hit? Of course not. Does it negate the 20 or, or 15 somebody else hit? Of course, you're in the big leagues, man. You hit some home runs, you're doing well. But the person who excels more than anybody else, the person who really, really, through natural talent or extra hard work in the offseason, is the one who is the best, it should be okay to say you're the best. That's why there's a World Series champion. That's why there's a Super Bowl champion. That's why there's a, an NBA champion. That's why there is a gold medalist at the Olympics. I mean, the Olympics is a prime example of what I'm talking about. You might have 25 people competing in the event, but only the top three get rewarded. So you work your ass off to become part of the top three. If there is no top three or if there's no notification of top three or no recognition of top three, why would you try hard? Everybody gets a gold medal. Everybody gets a ribbon. I mean, no. You know, Colorado, Denver, I know that you're listening. Stand up to these school board idiots and tell them, no, you want your kid to excel to her or his best ability. Let's stop dumbing it down. Because the next thing you're going to hear is the accountant that has five accounts should be paid the same as the accountant who has 20 accounts because it's not a competition. Life is a competition. It is. Will you have enough money to pay your bills? Will you have enough food to feed your family? Will you be, have enough money to buy a nicer car or a bigger house or, 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 or buy a boat? It's a competition. If you don't apply yourself, you won't get those things. And those who aren't applying themselves are going, well, why don't I have those things? Look, that guy has it. It's not fair. We're literally teaching kids in school that fairness doesn't matter. On like every level now, when it comes to grades, when it comes to swimming, when it comes to, to, to track and field, on every measure we're telling our kids from a very young age, it doesn't matter. Don't try hard. We'll still take care of you. Look, you've got to vote these idiots off the school board. I don't care if you're left or right. It doesn't matter. Vote them off the school board. They don't have their heads on right. They're not teaching your kids right. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Glad to have you. Bottom of the hour is going to be Angela Morabito. She is a the former press secretary for the Department of Education under President Donald Trump. And we talk a lot about Title IX. Do you know what Title IX is? Uh, Title IX, I thought I knew. And then I guess it's changeable, which I didn't think it should be. But uh, there have been different uh, perspectives on it, different readings of it. 
and changes made to it. And we talk about why Biden should not make any more changes to it because it looks like he probably would add transgenders and that would destroy women's sports forever. It just would. So we've got uh, Angela on at the bottom of the hour. Make sure you stick around. Meantime, got to remind you that as we get older, we get tired. We don't have the kind of energy that we used to have. And that's because we're not making as much of that uh, super, that super miracle molecule. It's called nitric oxide. Nitric oxide helps your blood flow, your circulation, your blood pressure. So why not get Super Beats to help you restore the ability to make nitric oxide? Super Beats is great. They, they put Super Beats into something called Super Beats Heart Chews that are non-GMO beets combined with grapeseed extract. They taste amazing. A couple of these every day in the morning. And if you forget in the morning, because I used to forget the powder every once in a while, take them with you in your gym bag or maybe in your purse or in your car, the console, whatever. You take a couple of these every morning, and it's going to give you that boost of energy that you're looking for. It's going to help to support healthy blood pressure. A healthy lifestyle alone is pretty good. Add Super Beats Heart Chews, going to make it even better. And right now, because you listen to my program, they're going to give you up to 45% off plus free shipping at joelovesbeats.com. It's their best offer available anywhere, joelovesbeats.com, up to 45% off at joelovesbeats.com. Make that happen and make it happen right now. We go to the phone lines, 888-941-PAGS, joepags.com. It's, uh, is it Rawl, Ral? How do you say your name? Rawl, R-O-L. R-O-L, Rawl, Rawl, how are you? Talk to me. What's up? I'm fine. Hey, love your show and love your co-host. I don't know about all the parodies, but they're pretty good. Okay, thanks. Um. Hey, listen, uh, I love what you said about people earning and going out there and getting it, you know, and get all they want and everything. Yes. That's great. And, uh, and I don't mind, you know, people getting help from, uh, government or churches when they need it. That's a good thing too. Okay. But I told your screener that contentment, you know, the Bible talks about being content with what you have and that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Just wanted to make that point. All right. Well, uh, Raul, Raul, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I disagree with you. Um, the Bible, I don't think, says be content and don't try. I don't think it says be content and don't don't strive. Um, I'm competitive, extremely competitive. Uh, a lot of people in my life are competitive. And if you're competitive, you want to keep on moving up. You want to feel like there is uh, no ceiling. You want to feel like you can keep on reaching for uh, the stars, the sky, the ceiling, whatever the hell it is that you're reaching for, you can reach for it. And I don't think that that's necessarily against the Bible. I think the Bible is talking about contentment in your spirituality and contentment in your in your heart and soul. It doesn't mean be content with the job that you're making or the money that you're bringing in. And I'll also disagree with another part, um, although I do appreciate you listening to the program. It doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. I don't think the government should be helping people. I think that it used, the government shouldn't be in the business of charity. Charity should be something, and it always was meant to be something, that was left to faith-based organizations and community organizations, not the government. Because the government doesn't do charity as well as you and I can. The government doing entitlements and so-called charity and giving a helping hand um, always has the filter of government. That's why we have a deficit that is ridiculous and keeps on growing. I do believe in helping our fellow man. I believe in soup kitchens and homeless shelters and, and insane asylums and, and so on. I believe in that, but I believe that it should be based on communities doing it and faith-based organizations doing it. And we always, always step up to the plate as Americans. The idea that the government has to help us is an idea that was never intended by the founders or anybody else. But I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Myron, just very quickly, what's on your mind? Come on. Uh, the thing with the valedictorian and eliminating that, it's ridiculous. I mean, when you have a team, you know, second place at a tournament, it's still first place losers. 
they did a great job to get there, but the bottom line is they don't get the first place trophy because they didn't do these, what they needed to. You don't go to a job interview and say, oh, sorry, we hired somebody else, but here's $5,000. I love your show. I never heard it before 20 minutes ago. Myron, I'm glad that you love my show. Good. Keep on hearing it, man. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, he's right. I mean, what a great point. The, the, the best point was, because we all know that second place is the first loser. Well, I get that. But um, the, 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 the point that he really, really brought home, think about this. You go to a job interview, and you got second place. And I came second place once at a Los Angeles uh, radio station. Came second place. Didn't give me a dime. Did not pay for my flight. Nothing. Um, and, and that's okay. I get it. Just made me work harder. Wanted to get syndicated. Wanted to get more stations and so on. So he's right. There is no reward for not winning in life, basically. Um, so keep on working as hard as you can to get what it is that you're able to get. And that includes coming to your grades and your academics. Keep it here. Coming back. You're listening to Joe Pags. I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks a lot for being here. Really glad to have this young lady on. Her name is Angela Morabito. Did I say that right, Angela? You nailed it. Okay, good. I'm Italian. I mean, with Pagliarulo, I should be able to say Morabito, right? Um, <laughs> you, you, would, you would think. Uh, Angela was part of the Trump administration, the press secretary for the Department of Education. And uh, well, that's a, that's a lofty job. Um, I've often said on my show, and I want you to, to tell me why I'm wrong, but I've often said I don't think there should be a Department of Education. And here's what I mean. It's $58 billion, something like that, a year that maybe if you leave it back in the States, they can do a better job of educating from the States, and there wouldn't be a central government bureaucratic place for us to go to for guidance. Because when you guys were in, I liked the guidance. Now that we've got Biden in, I don't like the guidance. I didn't like what Arne Duncan did under Obama as well. I think it makes it too political when it comes to education. Do you disagree with that? I don't disagree, Joe, and I was actually very proud to serve under Secretary DeVos, who said, you know, multiple times that she was more than happy to work herself out of a job. Right. Uh, we were all about putting the, the power in education back in the hands of parents and, and local communities where it belongs. So uh, if you're saying the federal government has too much power, you're not going to encounter much resistance from me. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that we see eye to eye on that. And, and it really came, you know, to to. Uh, to fruition, my concerns, when you see what was happening in Loudoun County, Virginia, when you see that parents just raising some real issues, some real problems with the schools are being dragged out by police. You know, one guy whose daughter was sexually assaulted uh, in a bathroom, he got arrested and taken away. Um, thankfully, I think that got Glenn Youngkin uh, uh, um, hired, elected in that state. But when you get the federal government, the Department of Justice saying we're looking at parents as potentially domestic terrorists because they care about their kids' education. That's a scary place to be. It is. And it's, you know, it's past time for the educational bureaucracy to actually start respecting the parents and the students they're supposed to be serving. Uh, you know, having schools that do right by our kids isn't a special favor we should have to ask for from the government. And what you mentioned in Loudoun County is just an absolute tragedy yeah. for, for this young girl and even for her for her family to see how they were treated just because they spoke out about what they experienced. And Title IX is there to protect all students. So it is absolutely terrible to see what happened in Loudoun County, yeah. where the processes that should be in place, that by law, 
have to be in place were just totally abandoned. So I'm confused. And again, it's Angela Morabito. She's with an organization called DFI Policy uh, Institute.org, right? That's what the, the website is? It's DFIPolicy.org. Oh. I don't know why I keep on putting institute. I think it says institute behind you or something, or or, or I made it up. DFIPolicy.org. Make sure you go to that website. And Angel, of course, uh, was with the Department of Education under Trump. So let's talk about Title IX. Um, I'm way older than you are, but I believe I believe I was in fourth grade, fifth grade, something like that in the 1970s when there was a Title IX. And I remember asking my teacher, what is this Title IX that you're talking about? And the teacher said, well, girls don't have as much opportunity as boys to play athletics and to do extracurricular activities in school, and we wanted to make sure that we even that out. And I'm a guy who, even as a kid, I was like, okay, that sounds good. No problem here. What is this new version of Title IX that somehow is being exploited by people like Leah Thomas? Well, Title IX is supposed to be there so that every student can access their education without being discriminated against on the basis of sex. And in no small part, it was there to protect women's sports, make sure that women had equal opportunities in athletics. Well, that's not what we saw this past weekend happen at Georgia Tech, where Leah Thomas, transgender swimmer from UPenn, was uh, winning events. She was winning events on the national stage and depriving biological women of opportunities to compete at the highest level in their sport. Now, the Biden administration is actually setting the stage for a rewrite of the Title IX rule, and we're very, very concerned that they may pave the way for a thousand more Leah Thomases, that they may take Title IX, which was there in part to protect women's sports, and instead use it to devastate women's sports. It's stunning to me. Now, why was there an update in in, um, 2020? Wasn't the title, and again, hopefully you're safe because there are very loud sirens very close to you. Hopefully everything, everything's okay, right? There are no fires in the building where you are, yes? So far, so good. Good. No, thank God. No, it just, it was good and loud. I wanted to make sure that we referenced it at least. Uh, But, but let me get back to Title IX when I was a kid. Why was there an update or a change in 2020? I thought Title IX did what I said it did. Basically what you said it did, that you will not discriminate it against or not have opportunity because of your biological sex or gender or whatever we're calling it today. Why was there a change in 2020 and why is it changeable? Why can Biden change it again? Well, without the 2020 rule, we would have we would have had the Obama system, which was essentially kangaroo courts, especially on college campuses. We've uh, seen more than 150 accused students who actually ended up suing their schools and winning because they were deprived of their due process rights. It wasn't fair to them. And look, maybe they won in court. These people did win in court. But by the time they get to a courtroom, their lives have already been upended. So something needed to change. And the 2020 Title IX rule put in place uh, procedures that schools have to follow, saying they must have a fair and transparent process that is applied consistently, that there would be no more kangaroo courts, that everybody should have the opportunity to view and respond to evidence, that everyone should have the opportunity opportunity to, to answer questions about what they, they say that they experienced. These are pretty basic principles of due process. So something, something crazy is going something on. Something big is happening oh, outside. As long as, as, you're, as long as you're safe, we're okay. But no, this is a very important issue. So, so at the end of the day, it had to be adjusted because what Obama did was he made it harder uh, for, for people to get those equal rights that should be protected by Title IX. I guess where I'm confused here, and again, it's Angela Morabito. You can go follow her on Twitter, um, Angela L. Morabito, um, at uh, Angela L. Morabito, or just go to the website, dfipolicy.org. What's confusing to me is how we've somehow allowed people to say, 
I am a female, even if they, they're not. I am a male, even if they're not, and then get the protections of this title. Now, let's talk about Leah Thomas specifically. This is a guy named William, uh, William Thomas. I guess took Leah from William, L-I-A-M, at the end, and decided I am now female. Biologically, obviously, he's still male. Um, in the locker room, we just heard word today that other swimmers are uncomfortable because he has all the parts of a guy as he's walking around in these locker rooms. So that I, I would think that that violates their rights more than his rights were being violated. Um, at the end of the day, why have we allowed for a change in definition of the word sex or the word gender? And why aren't we putting our foot down saying, look, you're 6'1", 190, you're built like, you know, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, and you're out here dominating these sports, it's not okay. Why aren't we allowed to say that? Is it simply can't cancel culture? It's not, it's not science, it's not education. Well, at some point, we have to decide as a society that we are allowed to tell the truth about the differences between men and women. And this could potentially hit the federal level if the Biden administration decides to rob Title IX of some of its protections for women's sports. When transgender athletes compete in sports, like we just saw last weekend, we're telling women that second is the new first, that the best you can hope for is second place. That's not fair, and it violates the entire spirit of Title IX. So yes, the administration, the the Trump administration really needed to create a new Title IX rule to get rid of the miscarriages of justice that were happening on campuses all across the country. Now, the Biden administration is claiming this is something they they should do, but there's no need and there's hardly a justification for it. The 2020 rule has been protecting students since it took effect in, in August of 2020, and it's withstood challenge after challenge that have been thrown at it from, from activist groups who are trying to undo the advancements that were made by that rule. So you're asking, you know, why, why do the Biden folks think they need to do this? And honestly, Joe, I wish I had an answer for you. There is no need and there's hardly any justification to undo something that's protecting America's kids. Angela L. Morabito over on Twitter. Angela Morabito, formerly with the uh, Department of Education or under Betsy DeVos, who we've had on this program. I thought she was great. Um, and uh, also is now with the DFI policy. Uh, in, is it an institute or not? Did I just make that up? You didn't make it up. It's the Defense of Freedom Institute for uh, Policy. That's what the I is. Okay, DFI good. policy. DFIpolicy.org. Go to that website right now. Find out more about what they do. All right. When Caitlyn Jenner, who I've had on this show twice, and we had a, a 35, 40-minute conversation off the air, just that I could have a better understanding as to why the guy I saw as Bruce Jenner when I was nine years old winning the decathlon is no longer Bruce Jenner. And it was a really great, humane conversation, and I get it. But when, when Caitlyn Jenner and when Martina Navratilova, an openly gay former athlete, um, when people in the LGBTQ, XYZ, whatever, one, two, three um, um, group, that grouping, that community are saying this isn't fair, who's saying it is? Is it just Leah Thomas? Is it just ESPN just accepting? Is it, is it just the NCAA saying it's okay? I mean, what needs to happen? Because when you've got people from, from all along the spectrum, far left to far right going, you know, it's not okay that that girl who would have made the team didn't make the team because this guy took her spot. At what point do we have to say, okay, 98% of all of us agree this is wrong. Why are we allowing it? Well, you're right. This is a consensus issue. And while it is a political issue, it's certainly not a partisan one. In fact, I think every feminist in America should be up in arms right now to defend women's sports. Because if you're not going to protect opportunities for women as a feminist, 
I kind of wonder what you're doing. So what we're going to see happen here is when the Biden team announces their new proposed rule, the public will have a chance to weigh in. There will be a public comment period. And during that time, I would encourage everyone to have their say about what the future of women's sports will be and really what the future of women's rights will be in schools all across the country. So we will have a chance to speak up and I encourage everyone to do it as soon as that rule is proposed. We're going to need to respond. It's the American public has a right to have a say. They did this when Secretary DeVos proposed her rule. And those comments are, are taken seriously. So it is time for people to step up, not only in the, in the political sphere, but in the cultural realm as well, to realize this just isn't right because it's bigger than one athlete. It's bigger than one organization. And we're ultimately talking about students here. So it's past time for the adults in the room to step up and say, wait a second, what's going on is unfair to women. DFIPolicy.org, DFIPolicy.org. Her name is Angela Morabito. She was with the Trump administration, the Department of Education, as the press secretary. What has to happen right now? Because that just sounds like a long process. And in the meantime, this Leah Thomas and other, the, the, the two runners in Connecticut, will keep on you know, squeezing women or girls out of an opportunity to go and be athletic and perform in their field. What has to happen? Should the swimmers not get in the pool? I mean, just maybe I'm asking for an opinion here, and I don't know if you're, you're, you're comfortable doing that, uh, but should they not get in the pool and it's just Leah Thomas swimming? Should the NCAA just say no, enough is enough? Should the coaches not take biological men on their team? What can happen today? I think a lot of those responses are, are very solid. And while there is no one uh, nice, clean solution that fixes all of it yeah. right now today, this could be solved by coaches. It could be solved by the NCAA doing the right thing. It could be solved really by colleges and high school school boards standing up for their female students. So this is sometimes a school board issue. It is sometimes a college president issue. It is sometimes a coaching issue. All of these people should be stepping up to have a say, and yet we're seeing very, very few of them do it. And you know, you mentioned uh, the, the Virginia gubernatorial race earlier, yeah. and that reminded me if we've learned one thing over you know these past few elections that we've seen in the states, it's that when parents step up, they make a difference. So parents have a voice here too, and I would encourage all of them to use it to stand up for their kids. Let me ask you a very general question. It's Angela Morabito. And, and uh, in general about education, I've got five daughters. I'm, I'm deeply into education. I work as hard as I, uh, as I can with their teachers and schools to make sure everybody's uh, on the same page. I used to think it was the parents and the teachers sort of colluded to make sure the kid got a good education and was a, a good, productive American afterwards. And it doesn't seem that way anymore. With the teachers' unions, it seems to be a, a back and forth, and they're on opposite sides from, from where the parents are. What's the future of education when we know CRT is being taught, but they're lying and saying that it's not? We know that that uh, teaching that that gender is fluid and and uh, and that uh, you know sexual orientation should be taught to th- to to three year olds and four year olds, five year olds to up to seven in Florida. And if you don't let them teach those things, then you're somehow homophobic. What's the future of education when it is in fact um it's an antagonistic relationship between parents, communities, and the schools that they pay for. Yeah, we, we have a student achievement crisis in this country. And look, I've seen the nation's report card test scores. They're out there. I'd encourage folks to go to go look them up and see just how terribly our schools are serving our students. So I'll tell you, Joe, I think that before anybody, any school is asking students what their pronouns are, they need to be sure they've taught them what a pronoun is. Nice. We need to get schools back to the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic. And again, this is a consensus issue. So the future of education is going to be parents stepping up and demanding that they have a say, and the ultimate say, really, in how their kids learn, right? Parents are supposed to be a child's first and best teachers. And when the government decides, you know, that they have the authority, that they try to undermine parents, 
That's not okay. And we're seeing this get exposed. We're seeing the pendulum swing the other direction where people all over the country and really of all political persuasions are showing up at their school board meetings. They're writing to their legislators. They're writing you know, to their PTAs, to their school boards, to their teachers saying this has got to stop. Yeah, and that's good because we pay the bills. And it's not like I want to say, I'm the boss of you, do what I say, but I want to have a, a, a say in how this education is being taught. My kids still go to public school. I mean, there's a, a, a real opportunity to take them out and, and, and do private school or homeschooling. I don't want to do that. I am paying for a good education. I would like my kids to get the benefit of that good education that I am, it, it's compulsory. I have to pay these taxes. I should get something, a, a good result with those taxes. And again, for those who are teachers out there, going to write me a bunch, of, a bunch of nasty emails now. I think it's a thankless job. I think you guys do an amazing job, most of you, but there are some that are so radical and others are afraid to step up and tell them to stop it, that it, it boggles my mind. I want to get back to where we work together. And I think you're right. I think the result in Virginia and maybe the result coming up this November will wake some people up. I mean, that's the hope, right? That we'll, we'll awaken as Americans in November where we say, okay, left and right all agree. The, the path we were on wasn't working. It's not supposed to be an antagonistic relationship between parents and teachers. That is a myth. That is a lie that is spun by the teachers unions because it's the unions who are anti-student and anti-family. There's so many great teachers out there who deserve to be respected as as the talented professionals they are who really care about their students and are doing everything they can to serve them. It's the unions who are absorbing all of these resources that rightfully belong in classrooms, while the unions and the education bureaucracy. But the idea that parents and teachers are automatically at odds, that's a union myth. We gotta get past that because in the, the educational future that I want, that I see, is that parents and teachers are a team wanting what's best for the child. And by the way, the money should follow the kid. No matter where you wanna send your student, you're the taxes that you pay, the tax money that's set aside to educate that child should go with them like they're wearing a backpack. We'll do school choice next time. I think that's where you're going with that. Angela, I appreciate you. Angela Morabito, follow her at Angela L. Morabito over on Twitter. Go to dfipolicy.org. That's the website. Let's do it again, can we? Uh, yes, please, absolutely. That'd be perfect. Uh, thank you for coming on. We appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. All right, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It is the Joe Pags Show. We appreciate Angela coming on. Did a nice job as the press secretary for the Department of Education under Trump. And uh, certainly a great job here. And again, for those of you riding around in the car, I tried, Carrie tried to warn them. Mm, All yeah. sorts of horns and, and fire trucks, everything else going noise. on. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you, you weren't like pulling off to the side of the road to going, okay, we better get out of the way for this going guy. On? <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, now I, I, I said, are you in Washington? Because I didn't know what the hell was going on. She's in the Atlanta area. And uh, there was something going on. She said, it's never that loud. I said, it sounds like they're in your living room. I mean, what, what's, what's going on? Mm. Uh, all good information, though. All good stuff. And obviously, she's, uh, she's ready to go to talk about some school choice, which I think certainly should happen. That, without a doubt, should happen because, again, you're making me pay these taxes or else you can take my land away or take my property away, take my house away. Um, if you're going to make me pay these taxes, you damn sure are right. I'm going to have some sort of a say. I want some in- input. When you go to the school board meetings and they treat you like a domestic terrorist, you go to the school board meetings and say, hey, hold on a second. It's not okay that an XY is swimming against XXs 
Um, you shouldn't be shunned. You shouldn't be canceled. You shouldn't be kicked out. You know, the Babylon Bee is a great satire site, and next hour we'll, st- we'll start out with what happened with them because the Babylon Bee decided it would tell the truth through its satire and got banned from Twitter. You guys might follow the Babylon Bee. They're no longer on Twitter. And the boss, the CEO, Seth Dillon, says he's not going to take the tweet down to get back on. We'll outline that. And it's all tied in. Keep it here on the Joe Pag Show. This is the Joe Pag Show.